Welcome listeners, WNB Nation. I know, I know, I can already see Kyle like that. Uh, <laughs> it's Wednesday, the day before, well, uh, the day before. Yeah, it's the day before the day before. I did that right. Uh, brackets are locking 36 hours after we finish recording this episode, which means by the time you're listening to it, time is short. I am joined by my co-host Kyle Haywood. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. And, uh, quite excited for what we've cooked up for today's episode. Um, it's, it's a pretty simple concept, but sometimes simple is, is exactly what you need because perfection can't be expanded upon, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, I, I'm yeah. so pumped about what we're doing tonight. The, the important thing to understand anytime you talk March Madness brackets is it's more art than science. Right. Yes. Like, like you can always laugh and poke fun at something that seems ridiculous, but never has there been a year of brackets where anyone ever got it exactly right. Uh, which means there's, there's just always potential for weird things to happen. That's why Kyle and I today are going to be going down the women's bracket and we are going to be making our picks or at least reviewing, uh, our picks. Uh, we're each going to take two quadrants. We haven't even decided yet which ones we're going to reveal from our yeah. own brackets. Uh, give you a little bit of insight. Uh, into what we're doing. And then if you want to come join our women's tournament challenge bracket pool on ESPN and beat us and listen to this episode and maybe make picks accordingly, uh, you can do that. We're going to, we're going to let you do that. We are the WNBA nation group on ESPN. We shouldn't be too hard to find. I don't think it's even password protected. Tell all your friends. And if you, and if you need to find it, hop onto our, uh, hop onto our, Twitter and we'll have several tweets over the last couple of days uh uh with links to the group. So if if you want a, a link, just check out the Twitter. Absolutely. Uh we're not gonna waste any time about it. We've been teasing it since Monday. Uh we're finally on, we're doing it. Uh we've been able to even talk to a, a coach uh recently who's in the field. Uh that got us all jazzed. If you haven't checked that episode out, you can check out um after this one, you can just let it roll into our Monday episode. Um, and hear a little bit about uh, what Coach Wyckoff has to say about the bracket. But Kyle, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this way. How about for uh, for each of us? I want to know where your biggest upset is, and then that'll be the, oh. the quadrant that you reveal for us. I I'm nervous because it happens to be in the one region that you and I talked about extensively just the other night. And that's the Riverwalk region. Excellent. Yeah. Which I think is pros- is probably like the murderer's row of just, just a, like, there's like six teams out of this region that could easily emerge as the victor out of this region and heading into the final four. So that's, yeah. So Riverwalk region, I've got, uh, I've, I've got a pretty big upset coming through in that, in that region. Well, yeah. actually, hold on. Let me let me just triple make sure. <laughs> I know I know that I just said that, but I'm yeah, I'm almost positive that I don't have anybody a lower seed making it through. But I I guess I could have double checked. 
But yeah. Um, yep. Nope. That's that's my biggest upset is in the Riverwalk region. So go ahead and give us your Riverwalk region. And then, How far uh, am I going? Do you want me going uh, all the way to like my like my entry my my uh, emergent into the final four? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead Kay. and give us the whole quadrant. Okay. All right. Let's break this down, everybody. So. First, right out the gate, uh, the Riverwalk region is Yukon's, uh, Yukon is the number one seed. It's kind of the Yukon region. Um, but, uh, so game one, Yukon, I've got them beating High Point. Surprise, surprise. All right. So sorry, High Point. Um, I've got Yukon taking, <laughs> taking that game pretty handily. Um, in the eight, nine game, we've got Syracuse and South Dakota State. I've had my eyes on South Dakota State throughout the season. And perhaps that's where uh, I may have a little bit of bias because of that, but I've had my eyes on uh, on them all season long. So I've got them technically upsetting. It's an 8-9 seed. I've got it as an upset over Syracuse. Um, so I've got South Dakota State um, is going to be facing off against UConn. Uh, keep going down Iowa and Central Michigan, um, which is a... Pretty big game. I think that Caitlin Clark is going to perform well on the big stage. Iowa is going to advance there. Uh, next, Kentucky is going to beat Idaho State. Um, I don't think that's a major surprise. But the next game is a little bit of an upset. All right. Michigan and Florida Gulf Coast. I've got Florida Gulf Coast taking down the Wolverines Wow! At, in that first round matchup. Now, some of you are thinking, dude, that's an 11 seed. Michigan's really good. I agree. I agree. I actually think that Michigan, like, here's the thing. If Michigan wins their first game, they might go to the Elite Eight. But I think that FGCU, I actually was looking at this matchup pretty extensively. I really like FGCU and how they match up against Michigan. They're a good team. Um, Obviously, there's a smaller school that not a lot of people talk about. But they're a solid team, well coached, and I think that they can, uh, I think they can go in and make some noise against Michigan. Um, I've got Tennessee, t- uh, beating Middle Tennessee. Um, Marquette as a 10 seed upsetting number seven Virginia Tech. And I've got Baylor beating Jackson State. So that's my first round. Okay. Nice. I love the Florida uh, Gulf Coast pick, by the way. Yes, yes. El Rosenberg's in the chat, uh, appreciating that. Yeah. Kirsten Bell going to take him far. I agree. I love, I'm a big Kirsten Bell fan. I really, really like, uh, seeing FGCU in this. And I actually think that them matching up against Michigan boats really well for FGCU. Okay. Uh, next round. UConn, I've got them advancing, beating South Dakota State. Um, I've got Kentucky, then beating Iowa. I've got Tennessee. Beating my uh, Florida Gulf Coast, and then Baylor uh, beating Marquette. So call me boring, but my my group entering the Sweet Sixteen out of the Riverwalk region is the one, two, three, and four seeds out of that region. So that's kind of where we're at there. Uh, Logan, any comments? Any commentary on what on on anything so far out of this region? Yeah, I I'll. Uh... I don't want to spoil too much of my bracket, but I, I have a very similar road uh, in terms of who I have in the, the Sweet 16. I think the big one here is Iowa versus Kentucky. Uh, mm. A lot of people know and have seen stuff from Caitlin Clark this year. Maybe less people have watched Kentucky play. 
one really good player can dictate the outcome of a game this early in the tournament. So uh, I wouldn't be against taking Iowa there. I I don't have them. I don't have them. Uh, I think they don't play good enough defense. um, And I think Kentucky is going to be able to contain them. But the other uh, other intriguing one. uh, Sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was going to say. And I think on that same note, Kentucky has that one player that can take over games possibly more so than than even Caitlin Clark. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the other one I think is really interesting is uh, this is potentially going to still be a UConn team without Gino Ariema, who is uh, right. tested, tested COVID positive. So you got to assume that the assistants on that team are crazy, talented, capable, you know, but Gino is a big tournament, big game coach. And at some point you have to wonder if that's going to bite UConn in a, in a quadrant that frankly I think is the most difficult. So I don't think it's uh, hard to imagine beating high point in South Dakota state by about a hundred combined points, uh, <laughs> even without their coach. But I, I imagine there's uh, some spiciness in the road ahead. Um, so as far as what I was able to read on that Geno situation is that he will likely be back at the latest. He'll be back for the sweet 16 matchup. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's the case because I think it's going to be a better, it's going to be a better, um, tournament if Gino's coaching UConn. So, um, that being said, UConn and Kentucky facing off in the Sweet 16. I've got UConn, but just barely, but just barely. I think this is a great Kentucky team. Um, has, they've lost a few big games though. And that's kind of where, that's kind of where I I feel like I got to take UConn here because a few times when Kentucky's been really challenged, they haven't always risen above, and they've found themselves in some issues uh, late in games in high pressure in high pressure situations. UConn seems to have emerged in some of those games a little bit uh, less scathed than Kentucky has. Um, so I do like I do like UConn over my cats. Um, Tennessee and Baylor. Uh, this was a this was a tough one. I like Tennessee. I'm a huge uh, Davis fan out of Tennessee. I think that she's got a, a bright future in the WNBA coming forward. But Baylor was the champions last year, and I have such a hard time picking against Kim Mulkey in March. Like, yep. So it's I've got UConn and Baylor uh, entering entering the Elite Eight facing off against each other, and at this point, I start sweating. All right, now. You you might be like, okay, you took the one, two, three, four, and now you've got the one and two in the elite eight. I I know, I know. Call me boring. This is just how I see it going down, okay? But I start sweating at this UConn and Baylor game. Um, but I think uh, I think this comes down to that. I think uh, UConn might have just a a slight advantage in in the amount of talent on the floor, and uh, just and, but. Ever so slight. And so I've actually got UConn advancing all the way to the final four out of the Riverwalk region. All right. So you did, you stuck with UConn. I did. I went UConn. I went UConn to the final four out of the Riverwalk. And I'll tell you what, I spent, it's ironic that this is the one that you had me do. I didn't know how you were going to select, you know, what regions we were going to do. I spent probably twice as much time on this region than the <laughs> other, th- than the other three regions combined. And that yeah. sounds lame cuz you're like, well, you just went with the with the, you know, you you literally just went kind of chalk across the board. 
I know it sounds boring. That's just how I see. I really went. I mean, I looked in depth into these teams, looked into their histories. That's just how, that's how I see things shaking out. Yeah. I, I do not have UConn coming out of that region. I won't tell you who I do have. Uh, you'll have to find out on Friday morning, but, uh, <laughs> I do, I like the Florida Gulf Coast, uh, early upset a lot. And I actually think a lot about them in Tennessee. I think about that game quite a bit. Um, because I don't like seeing one, two, three, four in my sweet 16. And I try to find some way to get, you know, an outside seat in there. And, uh, I don't know. Brackets aren't locked yet. So maybe I'll bite on that one. I haven't decided yet, but yeah. overall, I, I don't think it'll be an unpopular position, of course, to have UConn. Um, right. but it, the, the fun thing about the women's bracket in recent years is in the past, it's basically like, are they going to get to the finals and win or are they going to lose in the final four? Like, right. There was no other option for UConn. This year, they play in such a difficult field. Uh, there seems yeah, to be a lot it's more. It's a different year this year. A lot more variance. Yeah. Yeah. Baylor's tough. Baylor's tough because, uh, we that's all a have, tough out for anybody. We all have last year's Baylor team kind of on our minds as we watch this year play out. And we, it's just hard to anytime they play anybody, you can just be like, well, I, I can see him winning. That's a really tough region. Uh, I will move us down to where, uh, my biggest upset occurs. I will yes. cover the Mercado region. Ooh. I already have a sneaky suspicion of who your biggest upset is, and I'm here for it. I really like this region. We both really like NC State. Uh, Big NC whole, State fans right now. Our whole right show, now. four for four of our of our show's co-hosts love NC State. We've been since the preseason. We you know since the pie episode that's kind of become legend. Now we've we've all been <laughs> in on this team. We want to see them succeed. I have them winning that first round matchup. Uh, I also have South Florida beating Washington State. Uh, Washington State, of course, plays in the, in the Pac-12, which, uh, does count for something in the women's bracket, but I, I don't have them beating that, uh, that team. It's honestly a toss up. The eight and nine matchup always is. Let's get to it. Belmont Bruins over oh, Gonzaga. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love the spice here. That's, I love the spice. That's the one. Uh, I don't know if it'll be the one that necessarily wins me. Our pool because you you know you got to get your final four right to win the pool. But uh, we'll know early on if I'm on to something. Uh, if number five or, or fifth seed Gonzaga falls, uh, unfortunately, that's about where all the fun ends uh, in this early round. I have Indiana moving on over VCU. Uh, obviously, I have Rutgers over BYU. I don't think BYU should have even made the tournament. Um, Arizona, I have beating Stony Brook. Arizona in past years has the stuff of like what a one seed looks like and they are sneaky dangerous. I am very concerned of what they could do to the team that I have coming out of the final four in this region. Um, but Arizona is going to beat Stony Brook. Uh, Iowa state, Michigan state's a really good matchup. Uh, the 10, seven, I, I always kind of battle back and forth. Um, but ultimately I think Iowa state has put together the better resume. Uh, Michigan state finished just barely above 500 in conference play and, I just don't trust them. So I'm going to take Iowa State. It's not going to matter because in the next round, I'm going to have them losing to Texas A&M anyway. Um, and then Texas A&M, who I think is kind of an honorary, they're like a, the fifth one seed. Uh, I mean, I, I think the tournament committee got the number one seeds correct. There's no way you could take any of the, you, you wouldn't take it away from Stanford, UConn, South Carolina, or NC State. Wouldn't take that one seed away. Right. But Texas A&M is a one seed in my mind. They, they are a team to beat in this tournament. Um, 
So that's that's where I have. I, I imagine there's not a lot of variance between that and and what you've got besides possibly the, the Bruins. It's uh, I, I I actually I did take the Zags. Uh, I I took Gonzaga in that first game. Um, remind me, uh, Iowa State or Michigan State? Who you had there? I have Iowa. Yeah. Okay, I took Michigan State there. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, who you got going into the Sweet Sixteen out of this region? So I do. I, I love NC State. I refuse to let that love affair uh, end now. So I'm taking them over South Florida in a game that's going to be better than people think. Um, if you're filling out your bracket kind of quick and you're like a one versus an eight, go ahead and trust the one through the Sweet Sixteen. I think that's the right call, but just know there is some danger here. Yeah, this is that's an eight seed. Like South Florida. Here's the thing. I feel like South Florida could just as easily have a hard time with Washington state as they could upset NC state. Does that sound weird? Like, no, I get it. Yeah, I get it. That team, South Florida is in the top 20 in the country at, um, uh, field goal percentage allowed in terms of, in terms of like how good they are at closing, like they're closing defenders and limiting good shots. Uh, you, you just never take an open shot against South Florida. It's always contested. Um, they, they play really, really strong defense. NC State's good enough to overcome it, but they, uh, yeah, I mean, they went 12 and 2 in conference this year. They're not to be trifled with. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I like that pick. I, I, I'm going, I'm right with you on this so far. Let's, let's hear yep. your IU, uh, and your versus Wish, uh, Belmont. I wish I could take Belmont over Indiana, but you know what? Indiana's <laughs> a really good team. Uh, I, I would be shocked. I would be sh- I, a lot of times I say I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if this was an upset. I would be pretty surprised. Uh, Indiana has yeah. got some quality wins on their resume this year. They're three and three against top twenty-five teams. I'm going to go ahead and take Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't think about this one for very long. I really trust Arizona. Uh, those top three or four teams in the Pac-12. That's they're, a they're good, dangerous. Underrated. <laughs> all all of them are underrated. They, they beat up on each other uh, during the, the conference play. You know, every one of them has a loss to a good team and a couple wins against some good teams, so it's hard to gauge. Yeah. Uh, but I will take Arizona there. And that will set up my probably my favorite Sweet 16 matchup uh, in the following round with Texas A&M, who I have beating Iowa State. Arizona-Texas okay. A&M is going to be... Awesome. That's a, I, <laughs> if that, if that happens, which I, I think it will, if that happens, that's a game I will not be missing. I will yeah. for sure be watching that game. In fact, in fact, things are going to get real good, uh, here in this region. It's one of my favorites because mm-hmm. I'm going to have Texas A&M beating Arizona. Okay. To, and okay. I will have, I will have NC State over fourth seed Indiana. Okay. So as I know it's, you kept saying this. I was like, ah, it's boring to have the one and the two. But to me, it's only boring if I'm wrong, right? Like if I'm right, it's genius. Right. So, <laughs> so I'm taking Texas A&M against NC State. And here's where the NC State love meets its end. Because Texas A&M has played 10 top 25 teams this year. And Ooh. they've won nine of them. They have racked up good wins all season long. I think they are a team to beat. I think they are as good as any one seed. And I think NC State is the most vulnerable of the one seed. So I'm taking Texas A&M <laughs> to the final four. Let's bro, go. Bro, I love it. I love it. I'm not going to lie. I'm, this is pre-filled out. This is pre-filled out. Uh, let's see if you can see that. Uh, I've got 
almost chalk exactly what you've got, except I've got, oh, hold up, hold up. Um, I had Rutgers beating Arizona. So oh, I had, okay. a, I had a, I had a Rutgers that's, Texas that's a strong, matchup. Not, Cause I, you know, I think Texas A&M is great, but that Arizona matchup and the NC State matchup are both. Now I know, give, I do give, ones. I do give plenty of love to the Pac-12 on the other side of the bracket. So, uh, just, just letting you know that like don't Pac-12 fans don't freak out. Like I love this Arizona team, but. I can't have like the top three all, you know, making, making it that far. <laughs> right. So I had to like hedge my bets a little bit, you know, conference v conference. So, but I give plenty of love to, um, to the, uh, to the Pac 12 in other areas of this, of this, uh, yeah, of this bracket. They, they are, uh, they're everything that the men's Pac 12 is not. <laughs> I, hate, I hate to say it that way, but get your act together. Seriously. Uh, there's a good question in the chat. I think we've, we've touched on a little bit this week, but I do want to talk about kind of here in the interim before we get to the second half of the bracket. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Kay, Kay Floyd talks about, uh, what does it say that the women's tournament has seven to eight title contenders this year while the men's tourney is just Gonzaga versus the field? Now that's making a big assumption, but I, I do think it's worth talking about in, in the men's tournament. Gonzaga is undefeated. They are the heavy favorite. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean anything in March where you have to win six single elimination games in a row. Uh, in fact, it's only been done four times before. Uh, no team has gone undefeated since like the seventies. It was like the, you know, the Bill Walton UCLA and the yeah. Kentucky the got in, real close Indiana. in what, like 2014, right? Indiana lost to Wisconsin in the final yeah. four. They got close, but it, it doesn't happen very often in the um, men's, in the men's side. We should clarify the, on the yeah, men's in, side, in yeah. the men's side of the bracket. I, I don't want to spend too, too much time lingering on the men's side, but it is interesting. I think there are plenty of teams on the men's side of the bracket that could win, but. Generally, it looks like it's Gonzaga versus the field in terms of this team has been dominant. Uh, who's going to take them out versus the women's end of the bracket? You have at least four number one seeds. And then in my opinion, Texas A&M, UCLA, Arizona, uh, who are some other ones? Louisville. I mean, those are, you know, Baylor, Tennessee, maybe like, like all the, you know, the top three seeds all have a, in each avenue, region, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it, uh, I, I hope that this level of parity continues in future seasons. I hope that we see a solid 10 contenders. I, I think if you have the top 10 of each, um, you know, the, the top 10 teams each having a real opportunity at the championship, because for a while, the women's field felt a little bit like the men's field this year, where it was UConn versus the field. Um, but then, you know, ever since 2016, um, the last four seasons that we've had a March Madness, we've had four different champions. Yeah. Um, and that's not, that's not including the fact that Mississippi State made the final back to back years and didn't come away with the championship. So that's, that's four different champions plus Mississippi State making the, the final two years in a row. Um, like that's big. That's that starts to show that there's been some parity building, and I think that we're seeing a lot more of it right now, um, in that uh, uh, in the women's side. And I think it makes for a much more interesting and exciting bracket on the on the women's side versus the men's. All right, uh, let's see. How should we determine? Uh, yeah, how you do, you, do this? Do one? you have any upset? Do you have any double digit seed getting through the first round in the Alamo 
or the hemisphere regions? Um, I'm yes, I do. All right, go ahead and take that one for us. Okay, I've got one double-digit seed that makes it out of the Alamo region. Here we go. So we're going top left, top left of the bracket. Let's go. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna bust through this first uh, this first round pretty quick here. Stanford is gonna handle Utah Valley like you've never seen before. Um, <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> this that's coming from someone who's lived near Utah Valley. Uh, you know nothing. Uh, you know. Hey, shout, shout out to the Wolverines, but Wolverines you're going to get smoked. Here. Yep, you're going to lose by 50. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's see. Uh, so Stanford over Utah Valley. Then I've got Oklahoma State over Wake Forest. Um, love that Wake Forest made the field. Uh, I think that that in and of itself is a W. I know that there's no moral victories, but I, I think Oklahoma State's the better team there. Um, I love Missouri State this year. Really love Missouri State. I've got them beating uh, UC Davis. I've got Arkansas over Wright State. Literally not a single upset in those first four games. Uh, let's keep going. Oregon over South Dakota. Um, I think that just having enough players with some of the background... Uh, <laughs> I'm getting tomatoes thrown at me in the chat. I apologize. <laughs> um but, uh, so I think Oregon over South Dakota, I really like, uh, I like Oregon. I think just they've got a lot of experience, um, you know, making some deep runs in tournaments and whatnot. Um, and then I've got Georgia over Drexel. Uh, and then here's my double digit upset. I've got Central Florida over Northwestern. Um, yeah, that's good. Uh, for some reason, these Florida teams, I've got FGCU, USF, uh, and, uh, UCF all advancing. So I don't know what it is about these, these, uh, Florida teams, but they're, I, I've got some love for Florida apparently in my bracket right now. Um, but I've got UCF over Northwestern. That's my quote unquote big upset of the 10 over the seven. And then Louisville taking care of Marist. So pretty much, pretty much just, uh, all the favorites across the, the way except for UCF. So nothing too, nothing too spicy here. Um, I've got Stanford in the next round. I've got Stanford advancing to the Sweet 16 over Oklahoma State. And I've got number five seed Missouri State. Here we go. Beating Arkansas. Yes. Here's the thing. Arkansas is a kind of a team that could go out and beat Stanford. Like, I think Arkansas is probably in this, in this field. I actually think Arkansas might be a stronger threat against Stanford in a head to head matchup than even Louisville. Um, and Louisville's a great team, but I think that Arkansas just has, has some of that firepower that really can go in and, uh, and take care, take care of things against Stanford. But I've got Missouri State actually eliminating them and having Stanford fans, uh, you know, wipe some sweat off their brow because, uh, they're, they're thankful for, uh, for Missouri State doing that. Yeah. That's a, that's a Razorbacks team that has kind of proven they can beat anybody this year. They haven't played Stanford, but a win against Baylor, a win against UConn, <laughs> both very close games, uh, and then wins against Bama, LSU, a couple other good teams in their conference, uh, certainly on the on the table. <laughs> if if you're riding with Stanford all the way to the final because they're the number one overall seed, just know that is that is not going to be the, the, the smooth sailing you're hoping it is. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, I think that like at first glance, you're looking like, man, Stanford's got this all like an easy road all the way until they match up with Louisville. That is not the case. 
like those who know, like if you're paying attention to Missouri State, you're paying attention to Arkansas, Georgia. These are good teams. So yeah, this is this is no walk in the park for uh, number one Stanford or number two Louisville. Um, I've got uh, Georgia beating Oregon, and then Louisville taking care of UCF. So uh, I know it sounds boring, but I got number one, number two, number three, right, and number five in my Sweet Sixteen. So again, I know it's boring, all right, but it's like Logan said, it's only boring if we're wrong. <laughs> um, let's go to the Elite Eight. I've got Stanford beating Missouri State. Louisville taking care of Georgia and then Stanford uh, over Louisville to advance to the final four. So that's my Alamo Alamo region a little bit, uh, a little bit less spice, but um, then, then Logan's Mercado region, but, but I like it. I like where I'm at with this. I think that's solid. I think you've got uh, Stanford and UConn both surviving as the one seeds in their regions, which I, I don't hate you for at all. I think that's totally defensible. The, the game that I'll, I'll point out that I have a little different in mind is I, and I, and I hate this pick. The only reason I'm going to call this out is because I, it's probably my least favorite pick in all 62 games. <laughs> I have Georgia beating Louisville. Okay. Okay. I, I, I don't hate I that. I don't pick. like it. <laughs> I looked at it a lot. I tried both. I tried to see how each, you know, the flavor of, uh, of each one, but I got to be honest. I think. Georgia has some better wins this year. And, <laughs> and I wanted to find a way to, to be a little different. Um, so in all four of my regions, I, I was like, oh, I don't want to have a one and two and a one and two and a one and four or whatever. And so I was like, you know, a three and a two are pretty close together, but I, Georgia, I Georgia should not be slept on. Georgia is the team that if they made the final four, like people who follow NCAA women's hoops should not be surprised. But people will be surprised because nobody talks about Georgia. Like nobody is giving Georgia the credit that they deserve. That's a good squad. Like that's a really good team. And, uh, so I don't hate that pick at all. And I think especially that Louisville's got some pretty young talent right now. Um, obviously they've got some, some senior leadership as well. You know, Dana Evans and everything like doing, doing some serious work that, you know, that's, that's been there for a long time. Um, but, uh, you know, they've got Haley Van Lith, who's also a freshman, you know, that's, that's a little inexperienced. Uh, you know, they've got kind of a younger team. I, I really could see Georgia going in and, and stealing that game. I don't hate that pick. So nice. Logan, this leaves the hemisphere, hemisphere. Uh, that's, yeah, a, that's such a weird word. Yeah. <laughs> the hemisphere region for you. Um, and I'm really curious to see what you've got here. Um, I've got, I got a, I got a decent amount of spice. I mean, it's nothing crazy. We're not talking Nashville hot chicken here, but I got a little spice. <laughs> uh, my my first round is pretty boring, guys. I've got South Carolina getting through over Mercer. Uh, if if South Carolina doesn't beat Mercer, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Gamecock fans are going to handle it well. <laughs> like, <laughs> from what we know about how they react to things on Twitter. Uh, we, we want for the, for the good of the country, we will, we want them to win that game. Uh, number eight, Oregon state versus number nine, Florida state is a stupid game that shouldn't have happened. And I'm annoyed by it. <laughs> it sucks. Um, I love Oregon state. And anytime they're in the tournament, men's or women's, I try to take them. 
Uh, unfortunately, I can't this year because I just spoke with Brooke Wyckoff like three days ago. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and not only that, I truly believe that the number nine seed will win. Uh, so when it when it goes against my brain and our show's recent episode, it I just I can't make that pick. So sorry, Beavers, I've got your men winning a game, but Florida State's going to get through the next round. Uh, Georgia Tech versus Stephen F. Austin. I gotta be honest, I don't know a thing about Stephen F. Austin, but Georgia Tech, uh, they, they play decent defense. They had an okay showing in their conference. They just, yeah, uh, I don't know. This, this certainly feels like one that could bite me, like for not looking deeper into it. Cause I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just telling you outright, like, I don't know a lot about these two teams. I don't have either of them going far anyway. Um, and so I went ahead and took the seed here, but. If you're a Stephen F. Austin fan, you can convince me otherwise. Get hit me up in the chat. Let me know why I should uh, why I should take him. I've got West Virginia beating Lehigh. I think West Virginia is really good. They're the four seed in this region. It sucks that they have to go up against uh, South Carolina later down the road. Uh, Texas is going to beat Bradley. UCLA is going to smash Wyoming. Um, yes, Wyoming. One of my favorite stories. Uh, of the, the conference championship weeks, Wyoming from like the eight seed won the mountain West was very happy for them. They had an amazing run, but uh, the, the committee put them in this tournament because they absolutely had to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's a, it's, that's the auto qualifier. That's where the, the mountain West was going to end up. UCLA. I agree. Should. Yeah. It should handle, handle business. It's uh it's unfortunate. Uh, the, I, again, Wyoming, one of those teams that I wish them the best. They're probably just happy to be there. Uh, yeah. I'm going to take Alabama over North Carolina and I'm going to take Maryland over Mount St. Mary's, okay. which gives me almost entirely chalk in the second round, except Florida state and the nine, eight matchup is hardly a, a big upset. This, this region is really a game of who's going to topple South Carolina. My answer is probably nobody. Um, this <laughs> is an, this is an easier region than Yukon's region. Yes. Uh, like if, if Kentucky or Baylor played in this region, there would be hard decisions to make. As it stands, I feel confident taking South Carolina over uh, Coach Wyckoff's Florida State team. Uh, they will battle. They will play hard. But South Carolina is their, – their eyes are on a championship this year. Uh, I will take West Virginia over Georgia Tech uh, because I think West Virginia is really good. They probably ah, – along with Maryland, I guess, and, and UCLA, but they, they're going to take each other out. Um they are South Carolina's probably biggest challenge to getting to the, the final four. Uh, but I'll take West Virginia. I'll take Texas over UCLA. I don't feel confident okay. about that pick. <laughs> I'll tell you okay. right now. You know what? If, if Charlie Collier has a really solid game, why not? I, if she, she could do herself herself a, a ton of favors this March if she can advance to the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8. That yeah. alone, I think, bumps her up probably one to two spots in the WNBA draft, in my opinion. Agreed. I think I, I think if she can get him to the Sweet 16, she might really lock down that number one, number two pick. As of right now, I've got her down at around the three or four is where I would take her. That's not saying where she'll go. That's where I think... That's where I think that she, uh, I think that she, I would put her at three or four. If she can push her team to the sweet 16, um, yeah, I'm there. I think that she's trailed off a little bit at the end of the season, but 
uh, dude, I like cross my fingers for. Her. I would love to see. I would see. Love to see U, uh, UT beat UCLA and, and advance. Yeah, this is this is a tough one because this is a UCLA team that's beaten Arizona. They've beaten Oregon twice. They've even beaten Stanford once this year. Um, it feels like UCLA is bound for like a, a deep run, um, but I think it's going to get cut short. I'm going to take Texas. I I think these are both good defensive teams. They both shoot the ball well. Texas didn't do as well in their conference, but I just have that weird feeling. And sometimes in brackets, you just have to, you just have to go with it. Um, go with it. I, I hate that there's no science behind that. If, if you do want a reason to in, in your own bracket to take the Longhorns, um, I will say that they, they didn't really, neither of them beat big teams out of their conference, right? All of UCLA's best wins came against, you know, playing in a really tough conference with everybody else being really good too. Um, I think playing a really soft matchup against Wyoming hurts them a little bit. And I, you know, Texas playing Bradley isn't much different, I suppose, but I just think Texas is going to use that to get their feet under them and prepare for a run. And I think UCLA might make the mistake of overlooking uh, things, trying to you know look ahead to Maryland and South Carolina in their region. So if, if they're well coached and disciplined, I could totally see the Bruins winning that game and making me look dumb, but you have to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to take Texas. Yeah, I like it. Uh, and I'm not going to mix it up much in the next one. I'm going to take Maryland. I think Maryland is probably the least talked about of the two seeds. They are yeah. very good. They're not sneaky good. And they're obviously a two seed. They're, and they're on a tear right now. They are, they are playing red hot, like absolutely yeah. playing so, so well. But I like that. Yeah. So you got Maryland over Bama, right? Yeah. And the, the thing that matters to me, and it sounds like it matters to you too, is how did teams play three weeks leading up to this tournament? Yes. Right? Yes. I took that, I took that pretty well into consideration. If, if Maryland beat Stanford in the first week of the season, but then looked weak in their conference tournament, I don't count, like, I don't care what they yeah, did exactly. in November, you know? Yep. Um, so, so rolling. How, into, have you, how have you looked in February and March? That's absolutely. what I care about. Yeah, rolling into the tournament, feeling good about how you're playing, feeling healthy. Um, that means a lot to me. So my four in this region are South Carolina, West Virginia, Texas, Maryland. I am going to take South Carolina. I am going to take Maryland. This is where Texas's run ends. It's also why I was willing to be a little risky with the Longhorns. Uh, because I was going to take them, you had them yeah, losing yeah. the next. I was going to take okay. Maryland either way. Uh, so even though UCLA will probably win and be in that game. Uh, I had Maryland no matter what. I figured I'd take a chance. Okay. Uh, maybe this is underwhelming, but I'm going to take South Carolina. <laughs> I I don't think South Carolina is going to lose until the final four. So you've got South Carolina and Texas A&M. I've got South Carolina and Texas A&M in my final four. I've got UConn and Stanford in my regions. Who did you have in those two regions advancing to the final four? I hate myself for this because my strategy is usually to get rid of the overall tournament one seed as soon as I can, because that's uh-huh. what most people are going to have. I have Stanford. Uh, I have Stanford playing South Carolina in the final four. I have Texas A&M, which I thought was going to be different uh, because I thought you guys were going to go. <laughs> you you know, thought I was going NC, NC State. State, Arizona, but <laughs> here's uh, <laughs> I've got Baylor in the final four. Okay, okay. I'm glad that we didn't have the exact same final four. Yeah. That would have been awkward. 
So I've got Yukon, you've got Baylor. That's our, that's our variety. I gotta make one quick uh, comment on your hemisphere region. I've got UCLA going to the Elite Eight. I've got a beating UT and I've got a beating Maryland. So that's where I kind of, I mentioned earlier that, you know, I had Arizona making an early exit uh, due to a Rutgers upset, but I've got UCLA coming through handling their business and, uh, and challenging uh, South Carolina. Um, (laughs) Here's, here's my, here's my hot take for this region. I think that even though I've got South Carolina advancing all the way through, I think South Carolina's, most difficult game is going to be against Georgia tech. So I have Georgia tech beating West Virginia and I think Georgia tech, South Carolina could be a phenomenal game. I think Georgia tech is the five seed that if I was any of the number one or number, if I was any of the number one like seeds, that's the five seed. I'm saying, put them in another region. I don't want, I don't want to see them. Now, so you might be confused because Georgia Tech is has a 15 and 8 record. But go look at how they've performed against some of the top teams and go look at what they're capable of doing. Georgia Tech I think Georgia Tech could be prime for potentially an upset. If I were to pick a team, if I were to pick a number 1 seed to not make the Elite 8, I might pick South Carolina because I really, I think that Georgia Tech, West Virginia, Florida State, Oregon State, I, I think some of those seeds that they are, that they're facing all have potential for big, you know, big performances and big upset type games. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm sitting with, uh, with that region. So I want to yeah. make that comment before we move on to our, our final four predictions. Yeah, that's good. I, I like the, a lot of this tournament comes down to which number one seed are you willing to, to live or die with? And then which of the pack 12, like top four or five teams are you like, are you going to take Arizona? Are you going to take UCLA? Do you believe in Oregon? Um, for, for me, I go outside of the pack 12 and I take Georgia a long way, but, uh, it, it pretty much comes down to what you think of the pack 12 conference and then how it stacks up against the, the top four seeds in this tournament. <laughs> no, it's yeah, exactly. That's no, I, that's, that's exactly it. So let me, let me pick your brain, Kyle. Uh, we're, okay. we're in the final, uh, we're in the end game now. We're in the final phase of this tournament. Everything up until now, I'm sure will go exactly as we have planned. <laughs> uh, give me your, your final four and your national champion. Okay. So I've got Stanford, South Carolina, uh, facing off against each other. Two number one seeds taking on, taking each other on. Um, this I've actually got South Carolina beating Stanford to advance to the championship. Um, I think South Carolina, South Carolina might be the team that I have been most impressed with for the majority of this season. If that makes sense. Um, I feel like they've let me down like heart, like, like, so you look at their record, right? It's 22 and four. They have more losses than any other number one seed. Um, but Don Staley, I think, uh, has quite the squad there in South Carolina. It's a COVID year. I know everybody's dealing with COVID. I know everybody's dealing with weird stuff. Um, don't be deceived by the four losses. South Carolina's looking really, really solid. So I've got them beating Stanford to advance to the championship. Now let's head over to the other side of the bracket. I've got Texas A&M and the UConn going head to head. Um, 
I love Texas A&M. I love UConn. I think they both have fantastic teams, but I'm going with the Huskies. I've got UConn advancing to play South Carolina in the in the national championship, and it's been a few years. But UConn fans, it's time to bring the hardware home yet again. Oh man, I've got I've got UConn as my national champion. Which, just so everybody knows, this is the first time I have picked UConn to win since we started doing our show. Uh, really? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, at least from what I can remember, I, don't, I have not had UConn taking the national championship since we started our show. So that's where I'm at. Uh, I, I, I just think that they're, they've just got this, they've got, they've got something to this UConn team that is just, it's just this certain, Swagger that I feel like they've almost missed out on the last couple seasons. Um, like they've just got, they've got a little bit of this attitude and I love it. And I think you got to have a little bit of that, um, to, to do what you need to do in March. And so I like sure. the Huskies. That being said, I would not be surprised if I got all four of my final four wrong <laughs> because, because of how stinking good this field is. If it was, NC State, Baylor, Louisville, and Maryland or UCLA. Sure. No issues there. Like no surprises in my opinion. So don't take, you know, don't take this like, Oh, you know, he's hating on Maryland. Look at what they're doing. No, I, I'm full respect to Maryland. I just have to make picks. I just have to say, all right, this is where I'm That's going. That's the shirt. That's the t-shirt for the show. I just have to make picks. <laughs> I just have to make picks. <laughs> so I went with the picks. I like it. If I didn't pick your favorite team, it's nothing personal. Um, I, yeah, I, I wasn't, this is not me picking who I'm necessarily rooting for. Although I, I love UConn. Big, I love, I love UConn. No issues with UConn. This isn't, this is me just saying, okay, from what I've observed, what I've watched, I've watched a lot of basketball this season. This is, this is the best I could come up with. And, uh, that's my predictions. So Logan, let's nice. hear your final four. All right. Uh, I also have never taken UConn as my champion in this bracket. I don't even have them in my final four this year. Another thing I've never done is I've never taken the overall tournament number one as my champion. Oh. But I do have them in the championship game. So All right. I do have Stanford being South Carolina. Uh, just something you said a minute ago, I realized how uncomfortable it made me because there there is a scenario where a really good Final Four emerges that includes none of my Final Four teams. <laughs> yeah, and I would actually be super down like, to see like that Final Four. That would look, for me, that would be like Louisville gets through UConn, NC State, and let's say Maryland or UCLA. And yeah. that's totally, mm, man... Now that you think of it that way, it's like, oh, I don't feel I actually, good. I, I, don't, I don't know if I want, I don't know if I even want my final four. I kind of almost want the other. I, I think it'd be more fun. Let me get out in front of this. I want you, or, uh, I want NC State to, to win the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong, uh, about the Texas A&M game in, in the Elite Eight, cause I love the NC State team more than anything, but I've got Stanford beating South Carolina in you know, just, you know, an awesome game, right? A game that everybody's going to want to watch. It could go either way. If they played 10 times, who knows who would win the series, right? Like it, it'd be incredible, but I'm going to take Stanford and yeah. So in the battle of number one seeds, that's who I've got in the battle okay. of number two seeds on the other side, I've got Baylor versus Texas A&M. I've, I've rolled the dice with Texas A&M all the way here. I have them beating Arizona and NC state two of my favorite teams in the tournament. 
And up until like an hour ago, I had him in the final. But actually, oh. I changed my mind and I put Baylor over Texas A&M. There, you got the, the Bears game. heading back to the championship, huh? I, I hope, uh, I hope they don't make me look dumb, but I have <laughs> Baylor as this year's NCAA women's champion. Okay. Back to back champs for the Baylor Bears. Kim Mulkey bringing home another one. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> so comfortable. Cause they, I get they to, play yeah. in the toughest region right that's the region where it's harder it's harder to predict who's going to emerge and yeah. i've got that because you could easily like if kentucky made the final four sure like they easily could you know like yeah it's that's that's a, it, what's it, what's crazy you and i both picked the champion out of that region yeah i wonder survives that one i wonder you and i you and i talked about that region on our last stream on monday but it's i wonder if that maybe had something to do with it Maybe, Maybe because I, I spent so much time on that region that I decided to take UConn there. I don't know. Now, it, I just can totally for, see UConn getting like an emotional boost from Gino coming back and just riding that wave and, you know, crush yeah. doing what they do. The reason I took Baylor and, and actually originally I had Texas A&M and I had Stanford winning mm-hmm. and I decided that's boring. I never want to take the team everyone thinks is going to win. I think Baylor could win. And then to back it up, I did some digging and that's, you know, that's usually that's stupid because there's 62 games and it's single elimination. Sometimes the numbers just don't, they don't matter. Right. But everything I looked at, it was always Baylor, Stanford, like right next to each other, but in that order. Like I looked at opponents field goal percentage. I looked at their own shooting percentage. I looked at rebound margin. I looked at uh, free throws made in a game. Those are the things that I care about. Can you defend the perimeter? Can you hit your shots? Like, can your offense? Can you hit free throws down the stretch? Can you hit big free throws? Do you rebound well? Those are things that travel everywhere you go that help you beat good teams. And in every category I looked at, Baylor is like number one or number four or whatever they are in the country, but very, very high. And Stanford is like also in the top 10, but (laughs) slightly low. Like they shoot a little bit worse and they, they defend just a little bit less. And it's like, I just I I'm gonna roll with Baylor and okay. we'll see what happens. I love it, dude. I love this. Um, so I I, I got to make a distinction here. I've got UConn as my champion now. On Twitter, it seems like, and I'm not even gonna say it seems like it kind of is. It seems like you're either a UConn fan or you hate UConn. <laughs> I'm neither. Like, I like UConn just fine, but I don't, like, they're not, like, my number one team, like, oh, I'm all, you know, dyed in the wool, like, UConn Husky. No, I like UConn just fine. Um, I'm, you know, and I'm, but I'm not on that other side of the fence, t- too, where I'm, like, cheering against the, the you know, I, I'm not cheering against them because they've, you know, won, you know, however many championships over the last, like, two decades, either. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much, like, hey, like, I, I try to look at UConn as objectively as possible. And I feel like there's so many people who follow NCAA women's basketball who can't do that. And I'm not trying to call anybody out, but it seems like you're either a big fan of UConn. And so you're like, you know, you got those, you got those blue goggles on your blue glasses on that, that are, you know, right. <laughs> try and try and always find a way to, to say that they're the best. Um, or you look at them with, uh, you know, complete 
you know, hatred and, you know, try and do everything you can to take them out. I'm, I'm not, I'm neither like call me weird, but I'm, I'm in that camp of just like, Hey, I just, I try and call UConn as I see it. So I try to be as unbiased as I, as I can, but I really do like UConn. Um, I do think that there's about 10 teams in this field that could win the national championship this year. And so it's very likely not UConn or Baylor as Logan and I have just predicted, but Hey, that's March for you. And yeah. I'm just stoked that we're getting a, that we're getting a, a field this year. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, I don't necessarily relish uh, when UConn or really any team loses, but I will say I, I am on this part of the this, this spectrum in terms of UConn love or hate. I think the game is more interesting when they lose. Okay. I think when UConn loses, it it perks my ears up and I start paying attention to who beat them. That's what when oh. when Baylor yeah, yeah, yeah. when Baylor smacked them a year or two ago. That's what made me sit up in my chair and say, now, wait a second. Nobody goes to UConn and kills them in their own building. That yeah. doesn't happen. So in, in that way, they're almost a, it's a compliment. It's they're the litmus test for the rest of the landscape. I like it because suddenly it becomes, well, you know, they win and beat UConn at UConn. So even if they haven't done great in their conference, they obviously have great stuff that they're capable of if they play at their ceiling and things like that. So I think it's more interesting when they lose, but I don't necessarily root for them to lose. Um, if, if they win the whole tournament or if South Carolina wins the whole tournament, or honestly, even if Baylor wins the whole tournament, I think those are all interesting outcomes that we can draw a lot of storylines from. And honestly, Stanford is as well. I just, I never take the number one team. When Kentucky was like 32 and 0 going into the tournament in the men's, I was like, no. This year, Gonzaga looks like nobody can stop their offense from scoring 100. And it's like, no. Like, I, I just, I don't do it. And Russell Wilson's little sister plays on the team. I should love them. Like, I, <laughs> uh, and they are, I do, I have them in my finals. So, like, if they do end up winning the whole thing, it doesn't kill me. Um, but, oh, boy, I can't believe I'm going with Baylor. But that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I love it, dude. Um, let's uh, just quick reminder, if you made it to this part of the episode, go ahead and join our Women's Tournament Challenge group on ESPN. Um, go ahead and check it out there. We'll send links all over our Twitter. Um, just search WNBA nation, uh, in the group names. You should be able to find it really easily. Um, the group motto apparently is we back. And I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> I'm just checking it out now. Uh, we just barely opened it up just like yesterday. So we've got, it looks like about 11 or 12 of you in there right now. Uh, go ahead and join. Uh, we'll get some merch out to whoever, uh, wins the bracket. We'll send you a t-shirt or a, a show, you know, some stickers or something like that to maybe the, the top two or three. We'll see. We haven't decided what that's going to be, but, um, we'll throw a little love your way if you end up winning the bracket challenge group. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Logan, this was fun. I'm glad that you kind of pushed for us to do this. It's, it made me spend an inordinate amount of time looking over the women's bracket this entire, like the last two days. And I've had a ton of fun just overanalyzing, reanalyzing. At one point I had like so many upsets and then I went back and was like, no, don't do this to yourself. Don't be dumb. Like, you know, go with, go with, you know, what's really out there. So, but, uh, but yeah, I love it, dude. I love it. Thanks for, thanks for putting this uh, episode together. Totally. Well, I wish we could do more of them. I love, I love doing brackets. We, we are still going to do before the end of the month, 
We're going to make sure we do our fun bracket episode where we draft something completely unrelated to basketball for you guys. Yeah. Um, just because that's, that's kind of a tradition that goes back longer than the show has even existed. Uh, and we're, we're excited to do that. We're going to bring you also previews. Uh, once uh, college basketball kind of crowns their champion, we're going to get right into looking at all 12 WNBA teams, what you need to know about them for the coming season, uh, important things that maybe new fans of the league need to know about the players on each of those teams. Uh, and we're going to be finishing up WNBA history. So we got a lot coming your way. Make sure you follow, you subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you do all those things that help us out so we can continue to bring you our show. Uh, I don't have anything else to add aside from I'm ready for this thing to get going. Uh, Belmont, Florida Gulf Coast, best of luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't make us look foolish. Uh, any Anything final you want to add, Kyle? Marist to the Elite Eight. That's all I got to say. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I think we're good to go. Make sure you're uh, hitting us up on Twitter. Uh, that's probably the best place to reach us. Uh, if you haven't already, we've had so much fun. Uh, thanks to everybody who's hanging out with us on Twitch. We've had a, a lot of, of Twitch uh, chatter going on in the chat over here. It's been a blast. Uh, we've chatted out a few of them here on the episode uh, as they've come up. Just so you guys know, we do read this as we're recording. And uh, and we're, we have several uh, good friends on there uh, hitting us up, giving their giving their takes and calling us out for uh, for where we disagree and we love it. So uh, come head over to tr- uh, to Twitch, hit us with a follow, hit a subscription. Um, if you've got Amazon Prime, it's absolutely free; doesn't cost you a dime, and it hooks us up with a couple bucks a month that uh, allows us to continue to do what we do here at the show. So thanks to everybody who uh, who's hitting us up on Twitch and sending us love there. We appreciate it. Uh, but for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.